Hey, I'm Alicia Bake. I'm Jen Greenfield. And I'm Jen Tifoni. VO Booth Besties listen to the questions you have. We find pros in the know to help you learn. And connect with our amazing VO community. Welcome, Welcome to, to VO, VO Booth, Booth Besties. Besties. Welcome, everyone, to VO Booth Besties. We're here to help working voice actors get your most important questions answered by industry pros who know. Each week, we have a new topic and a guest speaker who is an expert on that topic. To stay up to date on our upcoming schedule, you'll want to be part of our weekly email list. Swing by boothbesties.com and shoot us a message with your email and we'll get you added. And if you haven't joined our VO Booth Besties Facebook group, join us there too. As usual, if you have a question as the interview goes on, simply drop it in the chat and we'll do our best to fit it in. Now, uh, let's meet our guest. Over to you, JT. All right. Mark Cashman is one of the few people in the commercial production business on both sides of the glass. As an award-winning radio and TV commercial producer, as well as a working voice actor, Mark creates and produces music and copy um, advertising for radio, TV, and internet, and has won over 150 advertising awards, including the prestigious Clio, on behalf of hundreds of ad agencies and clients across the country. As a veteran voice actor with over 40 years of studio experience in radio, TV, and internet commercials, foreign film dubbing, animated series, video games, and narrating over 200 audiobooks, voted one of the best voices of the year by Audiophile Magazine three times, and an Audi and Voice Arts Award winner. Mark is also the author of one of the best-selling books on voice acting, VO, Tips, Tricks, Tools, and Techniques to Start and Sustain Your VoiceOver Career. He also coaches voice actors worldwide, produces VO demos, and pens online columns for Backstage Magazine. Thank you so much for inviting me today. And, and um, uh, Alicia and I were talking yesterday, and we got a whole bunch accomplished in a very short amount of time just yesterday. Yes? Yeah. I was like, yeah. uh, I feel like I just had a coaching session. It was great. <laughs> So um, we're just going to we're just going to jump right in, Mark. We've been talking about uh, people getting started in the industry and some of the kind of misconceptions and things. But I want to I want to with our current audience really focus more on what's your best advice for working pros, people who are in the industry. They've been doing this for a while. Maybe they're booking, but they're not booking as much as they'd like and they want to level up. They just can't seem to feel successful. So they know the basics. Let's let's put it there. What what's your best advice? What do you where do you start with people in that phase? Well, truthfully, the advice I would give them is the advice I would give even beginners, because a stable career in in, in this business, probably almost in any business, is like a table with four legs. If any one of those legs are missing, the table's going to fall down. So, what are the four legs? Very very simple. The first one, obviously, is talent. You got to have talent. You've got to be able to perform. You've got to be able to entertain. You've got to have something on the ball. You've got to have talent. If you're a narrator, you've got to be reading extraordinarily well. You, you've got to be articulate. You've got to, you have to be able to tell a story. You have to have talent. If you don't have talent, you could pretty much forget anything in the arts in terms of performing or anything like that. Talent. Leg one, talent. Leg two. Once you've decided you're going to do this voice thing, you've got to make sure that you sound terrific. So the second leg is your production. 
your booth, your microphone, your output, how you sound. You have to be competitive with all the other people who are doing this every day. So your room, your sound, your production is the second leg. If you can't figure out how to produce great voice, again, either you're going to have to hire somebody or go into a studio or but people don't do that. They have their own home studios. So you, your knowledge of production and your output, that's the second leg. The third leg is kind of obvious. It's marketing. It's self-promotion. We are actors. We every day say to the world, look at me. Look at me. I'm great. I can entertain you. I can do this. I can do that. I can do this. If you don't promote yourself, if you don't market yourself, Nobody's going to know about you. Nobody's going to beat a path to your door. So marketing involves one, obviously, demos, making demos and and letting the world know what you can do. But the other thing is promoting those demos. The demo's your product, but you still have to promote it. You still got to let the world know that it exists. So you have to do have your get a great website and demos and marketing, self promotion. Got to be able to do that. That's part and parcel of everything. The fourth is ongoing training, ongoing training, keeping your skills honed, sharpened. Uh, You never know when the next gig is going to be uh, coming. It could be tomorrow. You have to be ready and you got to be able to be, you have to be nimble. You have to be sharp. You have to be quick and you have to be competitive. So you've got to know what the trends are out there and and you just got to keep top of mind. So so ongoing training, the best actors never stop learning. If you put all those things together, those four things, you have a solid, solid career. But I always say, particularly when I do, let's say, keynote speeches or something like that, I'll give this, this talk or to talk about this particular topic for a little while. So the four legs of the table, everybody can see that and understand that. Once you've got those four legs, I always want you to add a fifth leg. And the fifth leg of that table is right in the center of that table. Yeah, the table's solid with the four legs, but the fifth leg makes it really solid. What's the fifth leg? The fifth leg is paying it forward, which is what you guys are doing which is what your entire BOBB group is all about, is paying it forward. And that's, get, and, and that's help, helping people, no matter what level they are, do better at what they're doing. And at the same time, when I say paying it forward, what do I really mean? I mean taking our talent and donating it. Donating it. How do I donate my talent? How do I donate my voice? Uh, is there a, an animal shelter down the street that needs help, that needs donations, that needs volunteers? Your voice could help them. Is there a, a, a women's shelter uh, uh, at the other, on the other side of town that could use some funding? Maybe you could use your voice for that. Pay it forward. Donate your voice to whatever cause is needed. And it's not just you donating your voice. If you say, I'm going to donate my voice, I'm going to say, I'm going to also find a studio that's going to donate their time. I'm going to find a copywriter who's going to donate their talent. And I'm going to find a bunch of people who are going to get together and we're all going to donate and pay it forward. That is how you start really 
making what you do really, really, really meaningful. I, I started doing this in the very, very beginning of my career only because I realized that there were just a lot of organizations that didn't have any voice. And so, so for, for a year, every year I would find uh, an organization uh, that was, you know, public sir deemed public service, but nobody was helping them because they were kind of unknown or they were even local in their area, but help them. And, 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 and back then it was not just my donating my voice. I was, I was, you know, I was, since I was working in the studios all the time, I said to the studio, okay, we're going to do this public service spot and you're going to do it for free. I didn't give them a choice. It just, that's what you're going to do. That said, we have that power. We really, really have that power. So I know it's a long answer to your question, but did I? Did it's a I great there? answer. Yeah, you totally did. And it, it actually kind of brings full circle everything that we were just talking about, but you did it way more succinctly, which is great. I have a tendency to talk around things a little bit. No, no. <laughs> you said yeah, the other day when we were talking, you, you had a quote that I wrote down because I loved it. You said, reach out, reminding the world that we exist, right? Like you talked about as actors, we have to remind them that we exist. And you said, reach out every day and remind the world that we are here and what we are doing, what we have done and what we're planning to do. And I thought that was such a succinct way to, to approach direct marketing and, and Facebook marketing. Tell them what you've done, what you're doing, and what you're planning to do. So I just thought I wanted to share that if you want to talk to that just a little bit more, you can. Yeah, and I'll just add one more thing, and it's what you can do for them. Ooh. And basically, or what you can give them. Um, and it's not just the general, I can give you great voiceover. That's bullshit. And I have zero tolerance for bullshit. The the reason that uh, that that marketers or that, that people in our business say if you if you post content you're doing good, what you're doing is you're giving people something they didn't have. You're giving some. See what we do. We were talking about this uh, uh, yesterday, uh, and I was saying to Alicia, I said, um, people ask you what you do, and you say, well, I'm an actor, and they and then they have that old joke, oh, you're an actor. What's your motivation? And 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 we were talking about what our motivations are. Our motivations are very, very simple whenever we're performing. We're sharing what we know. That's it. We're sharing what we know. And so you can do that as a, you know, an entity, you know, an artist. Share what you know. I'll give you a great example, perfect example. Um, this, is, this is 2023, so... In 2015, I was complaining to my millennial daughter. Um, I don't have much of a, a, an online presence. And she said, well, dad, you don't have an online presence because you have to post every day. Every day? Yeah, every day. Day in, day out. What am I going to post? I can't reinvent the wheel. I, I, I don't have time to, to sit down and write a whole bunch of shit. I, I, I've got work. I've work, I've work to do, stuff like that. You got to figure out something that you can post every day to have an, a, a, a sustained online presence. What can I do every day? What can I do every day? So I just go back to what I just said before. How can I share what I know? Am I going to post my book, a page a day, every day? No, that's stupid. What do I know? 
could I post a voiceover tip every day for 10 days? Of course I could. We'll start there. Okay, cool. So I wrote up 10 tips, posted them each day. And by the time I got to the 10th day, I said, well, if I could do 10, I could do 20. I did another 10. If I could do 20, I could do 30. Another 10. If I can do 30, I can do 50. If I can do 50, I can do 100. Got to 100 and said, wait a second, I'm, I'm in it already. If I'm in it at 100, I got to go for it. 365. One tip a day, one voiceover tip a day, every day for 365 days. I'm sharing what I know. That was 2015. And it was eight years ago. I've been consistently posting every single day. I was going to say something else. Every single day for the past eight years. Well, my, NJ, sorry, I didn't mean to would cut be, you off. No, I was going to say my parents would be very proud of me. I don't think I've done anything <laughs> every day for eight years. <laughs> Except get up. Yeah, same. <laughs> I was going to say, um, NJ brought up a good point that I think is it brings this back around is that you can't just post, you have to know your audience. You want to speak to that a little bit, Jen? Yeah, and 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 you know this. So so Mark, if you if you need to sell your book, right, or you want to, you know, boost some sales, then you would speak to voice actors. You would be sharing <laughs> the voice actor tips. But if if someone is trying to promote themselves as an actor and like you said, offer service, here is what I, who I am, what I do and how I can help you, you would not post that information in a face in a voiceover Facebook group because they're not going to hire you. Yeah. We've got to find our audience. We have to find out who we're marketing to, right? right. So right. be mindful of that. So go ahead and speak to that. Well, basically, uh, again, in, in this particular case, the voice actors are looking for independent producers all over the world. That's their market. That's their job. That's that. That's where they're going to get. Uh, uh, yes, they're going to get some work through representation through their agent, but most of the work. I know. I know many many people who are making a, a fine, good living. They don't even have agents. They just have different companies that they've worked for, and they found independent producers. So this is where a marketing program really really is very very important. Something that you can do every single day, day in day out. That you where you can start seeing results, and there are a few people out there. There, are, there, there's a lot of charlatans out there too. That you know, we, we every day we see somebody who says, "Hey, take this two day course, and then we'll do a demo on the third day." Oh my God! And then uh, you know, but bottom line is, you're when people decided to do voice work, they did not expect that they would have to create a studio in their home. They didn't expect that they would have to be a marketing expert and understand SEO shit and all sorts of crazy, insane things like that. But that's part and parcel of what we do. We're different than other actors. We're like turtles. We take everything with us. We have a shell. We have Again, when an actor, when a stage actor shows up for work, they go to a theater. It's all the stage. And they don't have to bring any shit with them except themselves. Same thing for on-camera actors. They come to a location where the cameras are there. They don't have to bring anything with them except themselves. We're the exact opposite. We've got booths and we've got equipment and we've got all... We, it's different. We have a different platform completely. So 
in terms of finding your your target audience, your target audience for voice actors is not really, you can share with other voice actors what you know and help them, but the majority of your work really, really needs to be put towards, let's just say a, 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 um, a LinkedIn is one of the gold mines, uh, untapped gold mines of, of, um, uh, of our business. There are literally tens of thousands of independent producers looking for voice work, for voice actors, for good voice actors. And they're out there and they're all on LinkedIn. LinkedIn supposedly has over 1 billion with a B subscribers, 1 billion people on that. So it's, it's endless. You, you have endless stream of contacts. That's so basically in terms of looking for work, I think LinkedIn is probably the absolutely best, best, best place. And there are a few people out there uh, uh, I'm going to uh, um, I'm going to be speaking at the Nevo, the Northeast voiceover thing in October. And uh, 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 Tracy Lindley uh, is an expert on LinkedIn. Uh, Tracy Lindley it, it has been talking about and working with people on LinkedIn for years. That's her area of specialty. I think that's that's one of the easiest and simplest and best places in the world. You don't even have to join LinkedIn. You don't even have to pay for LinkedIn. It's free. It's ridiculous. And you can find literally thousands and thousands of people and still and, and build up your, your database. We part half of what we do is performance and the other half of what we do is hustle. My other best piece of advice is you make use of your downtime. When any times are slow, then that's the time you want to use for promotion because we can't promote ourselves. It's difficult to promote ourselves when we're busy. Because we're busy, we're working. We don't have time to promote ourselves. We actually have to. We have output and stuff. So yep. when things are slow and things are dead, if and, and we always have ups and downs because of the nature of our business. When things are slow, you make you make hay while the sun's not shining. Amen. Make hay while the sun's not shining. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, we we love LinkedIn too. Um, Jen Greenfield actually teaches LinkedIn classes and does LinkedIn audits with people. And she one no day, she was... yeah, she knows, <laughs> she knows. One day she sat down with me and she's like, why aren't you doing this thing on your LinkedIn? It was the, to, you know, I can't even remember specifically the creator profile. And I was like, I don't, I don't know anything about that. And it changed the way that I used LinkedIn. And, um, and that's, it's, we were just talking about LinkedIn this morning. So I really want to get to something else, though. I, as important as that is, um, we're going to cover that more in an upcoming episode. But we want to talk about, you You mentioned that people, especially people at this point in the industry, where we're, we've been working, we, we've learned the basics, we're where we need to be, maybe we're booking consistently, but we put our voice under a microscope. Talk a little bit about the putting our voice under a microscope and, and what that means and how it can hinder us. We, t- we talked just about this just yesterday. And, and w- what's funny was, you know, w- 99 times out of 100, when I ask a woman if she's ever had a manicure, <laughs> she always says, yes. Alicia said, no, I've never had a manicure, <laughs> which is great. So when you have a manicure, and I've, de- I've had one in my lifetime, when you have a manicure, you look at your hands, you go, wow, they look amazing. The moment you put them under a microscope, you go, holy shit, what's that? So the thing is, though, is that 
we have to be able to look at our voices under a microscope and not get nauseous. Which is not hard because if you listen to yourself enough, after a while you say, okay, fine. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm past the whoa and now I'm into, oh, what the fuck is that? So, so we do. We have to get, we have to put our voices under a microscope literally, but not figured. Literally means just cleaning up the artifacts and the, the things in our voices when we're doing our, our, our thing. We do an audition. It's a 30-second spot. We do a couple of takes. We start editing. We figure out the one that we want to do, and then we clean that up. We clean it up. We have headphones. We have software. We, have, we can listen. We can, we can get rid of all very, very easily within just a few little tools Sometimes within just one tool, boom, all the, all the schmutz and everything is, is gone. That's the, that's the literal stuff. The figurative stuff is when we start doing what I call compare and despair. Compare and despair. I'll never sound that good. I'll never sound that wonderful. I'll never have that mellifluous. I'll never. And we compare and despair, which is just... That is the figurative thing, and that's what really, that's what mind fucks ourselves. So it's, you, what is they, what's the phrase? Accept things that the way that they are, or something like that. Do the things that you can do and, and, and forget the things you can't control, you can't control, right? Your voice is only a reflection of how you're feeling. Our voices and our bodies are completely tied together. They're intertwined. They're completely connected. Comparing yourself to anybody else, voice-wise, is like comparing yourself to somebody any otherwise, stature-wise. Straight hair, kinky hair, fat, short, skinny, broad, uh, clear skin, funky skin... We could go on and on and on. You cannot possibly, that'll just, that just completely throws you off in terms of, of, of who you are. You have to be true to yourself, find your own voice, be true to your, to be the best actor you can be, the best actor you can be. There are so many people out there who, if you just look at them, you say, how could you ever think in the world that you could be an actor, a great actor? I'm sure Danny DeVito looked in the mirror and said, how could I ever? But actually he didn't. He looked in the mirror and said, I'm going to be a great actor. Everybody else said, what? Didn't matter. This is how much it is up here. It is insane. But acting, it's we're, we're, we're people on a stage you have to have the confidence to stand in front of 500 to 1,000 people with the spotlight on you, to have that kind of confidence, that's rare. That's rare. People say, I don't, a lot of people say, I don't want to be an actor. I say, well, good, that's good. If everybody was an actor, I'd kill myself. <laughs> so to your, to your point. I don't here, know if I answered the question. I think that, yes, effectively. <laughs> but um, what, what do you think that we as voice actors do that put us in a box that, that we, we 
do I, do we niche ourselves down too much? Do we put ourselves too much in a box and how can we get past that? You just have to remember that we're actors. That's, that's the thing. Not, and I make a distinction between voice acting and uh, voiceover and voice acting. Voiceover to me is 2.9% APR financing for 60 months in all vehicles in stock. There's no, there's no acting involved in that. It's just saying we're. So putting ourselves in a box, you just, you, when, when we're performing, when we're doing auditions and we're sending it in, we just have to remember that we're actors. We're actors in a, in a, in a, in a, in a story. And we would do what we, we do in the, in, the, in the booth, what we would do on stage or in front of a camera. We're still acting. So use the precepts of acting as opposed to, I'm going to do a voice. That's voiceover. Be an actor. Understand the story. Know who you are. Know where you are. Know who you're talking to. Know what the fuck you're talking about. You're not just reading words on a page. When I work with some students, I say, what are you doing? They say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm doing an audition for my agent, sending it in. I said, no, that, that's, that's not it at all. That's not acting. That's just reading words. So the, under, understand the, the voice work and the, the stuff we do. A lot of it is not just reading words. It's acting. Now, also, a lot of it is reading words, too. I always I talk to my students. I talk to I talk about them about not being a slave to punctuation, but in particular, not being a prisoner of the page. And there are some opportunities we have where we don't have to be prisoners of the page. Commercials and their brethren, promos and trailers, animation, video games. There are a lot of work that we do where we don't have to be prisoners of the page. We don't have to read every word. The place where we are prisoners is where we're doing like um, nonfiction audiobooks, e-learning dense, really dense e-learning courses with hundreds of modules in it, stuff like that. There you're reading. There you're a prisoner of the page. You've got to read. So act when you can act and read when you have to read is the best. Would that, does that kind of answer yeah. getting out of that box? Well, let's take it to like with our branding, for example. Like sometimes we might... um like I, I was talking to you about how my branding is all like warm and friendly, but then I had somebody come and tell me that my voice sounded kind of more irreverent and quirky. It sounded and... irreverent. It sounded irreverent and quirky on the stories that called for you being irreverent right. and quirky. Okay. And so if you, we, yeah. you don't have a one monolith voice. You don't have one voice. You have a range. And it depends upon what it is you're talking about. You could be talking about a, a, a cancer treatment centers of America, uh, one minute, and you could be talking about Barbie the next minute. Is your voice going to be the same? No, it's ridiculous. It just depends on what you're talking about. You're an actor. You're an actor. Yeah. And so we tell all different types of stories. And those all different types of stories require all different types of tones in our voice. Yes. Are you musical? Are you musical? Did I? I can't remember yes. if I asked you. If you <laughs> so, did you study instruments? Uh, well, the piano. Piano. Did you sing at all? Yes. Still so do. You, right, and you that that's that's why you have a range. You don't have just one voice. When you're doing your demo, people say, "Okay, we've got to get your signature voice, Alicia. Your signature voice. What is your signature voice? 
Your signature voice is the voice that you use every single day, day in, day out, not even thinking. The voice you use to your five kids, okay? Yes. And you talk to each one of them differently depending upon what's going on during the day. Every Get single down one from there. <laughs> amongst other things. Exactly. You, you speak to them differently all day long throughout the entire day about all sorts of different things. You don't have one voice. So anybody who says, uh, uh, you know, your voice sounds like this, my voice sounds like this when? When does my voice sound like this? And specifically, what am I talking about when it sounds like this? And and and, and so that will immediately, whoever said that will say, oh, okay, you're, yeah, you're right, okay? There's a tendency to just want to, distill everything down to one tiny thing. Sometimes you can do that, but that's more of an idea rather than an actual entity. Your voice and your talent is versatile. So I always say, don't, don't try to box yourself in or, or, or niche yourself or unless you are what I call a one note Johnny or one note Jane. One note Johnny, one note Jane that's that's kind of sad because their voices are what I call trapped. They have they can't break out of their one one voice, and they will always be in in in, in that. They'll always stay there. They can't break out. I'll give you an example. Um, years ago, a very sweet woman came up to me at a convention and said, "Hi, Mark. I always wanted to meet you." And for a second, I thought that she was just doing one of her voices. But the more she spoke, the more I realized that's how she sounds. That's how she's always sounded. When she answers the phone and they say, can I speak to your mommy? She would always say, I am a mommy. Right. So that said, uh, those people can do, they can do very specific very specific characters, but they'll always stay within that character. 99.9% of us are not, don't have a voice that's trapped there. And so we're much more versatile. We can do so many more, more things. So although we have a tendency to particular, particularly with this branding thing that you want to just distill the, the whiskey sounding voice or whatever you want to call it. Um, Many times I just feel that that's, that's kind of grasping at just something to put on there in terms of wording and stuff like that. Um, and many times when I hear the word branding, if I'm on a panel and they say branding and, and I roll my eyes because part, so much of it smacks not, no, nothing against Celia Siegel. It's a lot of bullshit involved. That's just me. Um, I always say, let your, let your work speak for you. Let your work speak for you. You could have a hundred different descriptions of your voice and it's not going to make a bit of difference until people listen to what you actually have. Ooh, I love and- that. I love that. But I want to get to a question about that actually. And then we'll get to some, if anybody has any questions um, sure. for Mark, drop them in the chat right now. Now's the time to do it. But you said, you know, this last statement that you made about, you know, no, like your voice, right? Like as a demo producer, because you, 
for those who don't know, Mark is a demo producer. Do you feel that there is one demo that's the most important for talent to have, or do they need a variety? And what would you suggest? Yes, absolutely. The 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 most the most important demo that you must have is commercials. And there's a reason. Commercials, every talent agency, the only way that they can keep their doors open, pay the rent, pay their employees, and pay themselves is through commercials because they get percentage of the session fee and residual broadcast. That's how eight talent agencies keep their doors open. You have to show them that you are adept at commercial uh, performance because that's their bread and butter. And if they decide to represent you, you are an extension of their business. You're just one possible hope that, that they're going to be able to get more income based on your output and what you do. So commercials is the most commercial demos, the most important because you have to show an agent that you are the hireable and, and representable. And plus they've got a hundred other people on their roster who can run circles around you, run rings around you. Right. So you got it. So your commercial demo is absolutely crucial if you want representation. A lot of people don't like commercials. They couldn't care less about commercials. So they don't need they don't need agents. So they'll work directly and do a lot of non-broadcast stuff and audiobooks and, and, and all sorts of that. And again, I know a lot of people who are making a very good living, six figures, without any representation whatsoever. But your most your most important demo is your commercial demo. The next one is also represents broadcast as well, and that's animation. That's animation, animated characters for cartoons for kids and 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 some adults. But you're so, and again broadcast. If you have a commercial demo and an animation demo, then you're a package. Then you become even more. Uh, 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 then an agent wants you even more. You become more attractive to an agent when you are a double threat. You got two. But those two two demos show your broadcast chops. Agents don't really care whether you're a narrator or not. They'll send out occasional narration things, but they don't really care. If you sent your de- uh, a narration demo to your agent, they go, okay, thanks. And that's, that's, that's really about it. They don't make their bread and butter from non-broadcast. Mainly, it's mainly from broadcast. And, yeah. and so, so those are the two... Uh, commercial and animation are the two most important things for representation. Now, if you say, I don't care about commercials, I don't want to do character work, um, or I just want to do, I just want to be a narrator. I just want to read, just want to do e-learning stuff and explainer videos and, and, and uh, uh, nonfiction audiobooks. There's a ton of work out there. There's a huge amount of work out there. When we see icebergs, we see the top 10 or 15% of the iceberg above the water and the bottom 80 to 85% below the water. Commercials and animation are the icebergs we see. All the non-broadcast stuff is underneath the waters, underneath the surface. We don't see that. It's not sexy, but it pays the bills. And Sorry, I'm going to ask... I'm going to jump in so I can ask you a question about this. Yeah. You have so much information to give. I just, I just have to ask something. You say, you know, th- there's this just giant amount and we don't, it's not coming through agents. Where is that work? Where can talent go to find, especially right. like the non, uh, the, the nonfiction 
narration and the e-learning, right. where do you suggest talent go to find those? Well, for, well, first of all, as I said, we go back to LinkedIn. Okay. LinkedIn has got literally, literally, uh, we're talking about tens of thousands of, of potential independent producers who really want to hear from us. They're looking for good talent. They want somebody who's dependable, somebody who can, they can turn something around quickly, professionally, without any problems whatsoever. They're all, they all, they want us. They're there. They're there every single day, which is terrific. And, re- and reaching out to them is so, they make it very, very easy. They make it extremely easy. If you see somebody who's an independent producer at ABC Corporation, uh, uh, all you have to do is just hit connect. And if they respond, you say, hey, thanks for, for writing back. I saw your name. I see that you're doing this. I do this. I'd love to have the opportunity to work with you. Uh, can we talk? And if you're interested, email me and leave it to them. It's like leaving a note on the door. Hey, I, I saw you the other day. I'd love to continue talking. They can either take the note, throw it away, or say, oh, okay, this person looks interesting and get back to you. Usually for every, I would say Jen would know this, but uh, uh, my guess, I don't know this statistically, is that maybe for every 10 people you reach out to, maybe one or two will get back. I think 10% is fair. Yeah. Yeah. Sam, you do that every single day. Uh, uh, You spend a lot, let's just say one hour, one hour a day to reach out to people. After a while, you do this every day, you start building up a database of potential people who are going to hire you. And this is why you keep them top of mind. Hey, I haven't spoken. And of course, a little marketing thing after three months. Hey, a few months ago, we spoke, et cetera, et cetera. Since then, I did this little project for so-and-so. I've just attached it here. Yep. And you just and- keep on. JT brings up a good point that that's what they're doing on the um, the Monday accountability Zooms is uh, talking about LinkedIn and doing, you know, checking in. And I know Nevin's saying, hey, what are your goals? And then asking yes. people to set them and work towards them. So yes. if you're not joining in on that to anybody listening, Mondays in at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific time. And the link is on our Facebook group or our website. So you can join anytime. And also, uh, also, I just wanted to mention, too. Um, so you have, you, you've got, again, the corporate side that we're talking about with LinkedIn, but you also have a whole other side of, of uh, work and, and, and that's audiobook work. And the APA, the American Publishers, the, is it American Publishers Association? I think the APA, uh, uh basically, um, uh, it, once you join and it's very, doesn't cost much to join. I think it's like 10 bucks a month or something like that. You can get a list of every audiobook publisher on the continent of North America, every single audiobook publisher on the continent. And they are, they are nothing but proactive in terms of getting you with all the different audiobook publishers. Um, they have meetups, they've got annual conventions, they've got, uh, if, if anybody is not on ahab.us, ahab.us, uh, then you're in the running for um, uh, for a, a Penguin Random House uh, for all those things, but the, but the APA again, 
How many audiobook publishers on the continent are there? Millions? No. Hundreds of thousands? No. Tens of thousands? No. Thousands? No. Just maybe, what, Jen, a couple hundred? Probably. Max? I'm connected with a lot of <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Maybe a couple of hundred max. A couple of hundred. All right. To reach out to if you're interested and want to do audiobook work. And as I mentioned, there are a number of market people who are marketers out there. There are fly-by-night people who just come and go. And then there are other people who we've seen constantly, time in, month in, month out. They're at the conventions. They're, and after a while, you say, okay, these people kind of know their shit. And, uh, and maybe they've got something to, to share that I, can, that I can use. It's such yeah. a crazy, crazy thing. You know, the, the, the most important thing with the conventions is, um, is just listening to other people. When I go to the conventions, I... I go, I mean, I, I have to do my, my thing at the, at the conventions, but I really go for only one purpose, and that's to learn something I didn't know, or at least try to learn something I didn't know. I don't yeah, know about you, yeah. but if I learn something new, just one little thing, just I'm ecstatic. I'm like a little kid. Um, so I, I want to turn the conversation just a little bit. Sorry, I'm going to. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to cut you off again. You can hate me later. Um, I, I agree about the learning something new and making connections. That's what conferences and conventions are great for. But you are a coach. And as a coach, you have you have years, I mean, years and years of experience and opinions and wisdom. So tell us, we want to talk a little bit about the educational side of what you're doing. And tell us what point did you start coaching? Like, when did you decide I really need to be to be teaching this? Yeah, that was that. That's it, 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 a good question too. Um, uh, I started. I, I started in uh, 1978, and so about from about 78 to about 2000, um, I was doing nothing but writing and casting and directing and producing commercials, primarily specifically radio. So I was working with just tons and tons of voice work people, uh, voice voice actors, and so I did that for about 20 plus years. And then around 2000, um, a number of people said, you know, you've been doing this for a long time. Have you ever consider teaching? And immediately, initially I said, no, we, there are hundreds of teachers. In fact, I looked on the VORG back then, the, the voiceover resource guide. I opened it up. This is back in 2000, 23 years ago. And I looked at, and I counted the number of teachers in Los Angeles. There were 100 teachers in LA, 100 teachers already. So, Initially, I said, well, what have I got that these people don't have? And then I realized, boy, I've got a lot more of these two because I've been in the bio. They always put in the other. He's on the other side of the glass. And that's basically what happened. So in other words, since I, a lot of the people who are teaching were actors, but that's it. They were actors. But I realized, no, I'm a copywriter. No, I'm a casting director. No, I'm a director. No, I'm a producer. No, I'm a composer. No, I'm an arranger. Wait. Okay. So there's a lot more that I can bring to the. Then I saw that a lot of people were teaching classes in living rooms. Wait, what? Why would you teach a voiceover class in somebody's living room? I don't know. But I said, well, that doesn't make sense intuitively. I know there were a few people teaching in studios, but I said, no, if you're going to teach a class, teach in the studio. So, so I basically just brought my classes into the studios where I was 
already producing stuff because they already knew the engineers and knew the, the facility. So, so that was easy. And so that was basically, that's, that's, I, and here's the real kicker. I wanted to be the, when people ask me why I got into teaching, I, I, it really comes down to one question. I, or one answer, I wanted to be the teacher that I never had. That's what I wanted to do. And I did take some teach. So I did take some classes when I first started. In fact, when I first started, I wasn't, I did not, wasn't expecting to do voice acting. I got into it to be a writer, producer, casting director. I did not expect to be a voice actor. But after a year or so of doing that, a lot of my clients said, hey, we want you to do this. And I would immediately say, no, you don't want, I, I, I work with seasoned talent. You want them. I, you, don't, you don't want me. No, no, we want you. And so I realized very quickly I had to, I had to, uh, 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 I had to get into it fairly quickly. So serendipity, uh, I was invited to join one of the very first voiceover workout groups ever in 1982. 1982, 41 years ago. 1982. Joined one of the first voiceover workout groups we met. It was called the Wednesday Night Group. We met every Wednesday night. I was there for six years. Every Wednesday night for six years. We all chipped in 10 bucks. We rented a studio from 7 to 10 in the evening. We had There were 10 of us. And we all worked out. We all brought scripts and stuff like that. And that voiceover workout group, well, that went on for years. And, of course, it spawned just, again, voiceover workout groups all over the place. Now they're ubiquitous. We don't even realize it. But I was in one of the very first, which which is great. And six years, day in, week in, week out for six years. And that's where I really built my chops, voice chops, because I was working with veterans. I was the newbie. I was the new kid on the block. And they and, and they brought me in, and I just soaked it all up and and it's pretty cool that does sound pretty cool workout groups are a great way to uh learn from your peers you yes. know and yeah. in a in a much more casual setting i love workout groups yeah. so let me ask you i want to make sure people know that you wrote a book and that your book is available on amazon a variety of different places it's uh vo now i just lost it but tell, tell us the name of your book there it is. Yeah. Tips, tricks, tools, and techniques to start and sustain your voice acting career, voiceover career. And uh, I'm actually, believe it or not, finishing the second. I've got the sequel. The sequel is uh, is in the works. Uh, in fact, I'm even going to reveal the, uh, the working title to you all. What? Nobody else, no one else knows this. No one else knows this. But the, my, my, my sequel is going to be V-OMG. <laughs> that's the uh, that that's the sequel there and um and we and um so 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 yeah so that's that's that book you can get it on amazon um y- if you have kindle you can download it on kindle uh uh if you if you write to me uh you can order it directly from me and get in addition to the book uh a, 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 a autographed and and uh, a personalized uh, a page on the inside and You'll also get a bookmark. Oh, that's fun. Bookmark. And if you can see, it says book. Bookmark. Oh, yeah, my gosh. Is, oh, he's clever. For, he's for our clever, listeners. too. 
So Mark, having been in the industry for so long, so long that you'll now have two books, right? How do you feel the industry has shifted in the last few years? And what shifts do you feel like are coming up? Do you foresee anything? Well, you know, I mean, the the one bugaboo, the the, the monster in the closet that's, that's that's that we're all you know scared of and worried about is AI. And um, I, it's easy for me to say what what you know what changes because I'm I'm I've been doing this for over forty years now, so I've I've have tra- uh, traversed the from analog to digital, twentieth century analog and the twenty first century digital. I've I've been able to make that that leap there, and that was the biggest thing. I'm. You know, only people my age are going to understand about editing on on quarter inch tape and 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 all the other things that that went along with that. And, and um, so that's a huge, huge thing. Uh, again, the huge thing was uh, back in the day, people said, "I'm going to go down to my agent and go audition for a thing, and then come back and wait for the phone to ring." <laughs> well, we know that doesn't happen anymore. We and, and 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 I'm glad we don't have to schlep across town to our agent. We have our we're, we control shit. Okay. We're producers. We're directors. We're, we're, we're all chief cook and bottle washer. We do everything. It's, it's everything. So that's a huge sea change. Digital from analog to digital, from going down to your agents to going into your own home studio. That's a huge thing. Um, and of course, um, AI, we don't know what. That is, I look at AI as a, a team of 12 horses and we only have the reins on two. Uh, I, 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 I like to think that we can control. I'm not sure about it. Um, I don't, I, I just, I, here's the one thing that I take away, at least for me, after listening to all this AI stuff. And, um, and I, I've, in fact, I always want to stand outside one of those uh, AI uh, uh, get togethers and, stand there with a long robe and a beard and the sign that said the end is near. I'd love to do. But, but uh, the one thing that I've noticed about AI and is that it's going to be used for something that's, that I call good enough. Good enough, but not good, not creative. A robot can only take what already exists and re shape it and, 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 and recycle it. You can only, they can't, the robot cannot come up with anything new. Only we can. We're the only ones who can originate creative thought and come up with something new. Robots can only do what we ask them to do. The moment they don't do that, the moment they become sentient is what Stephen Hawking calls the singularity. And that's the end of the human race. Because from that point on, then they, it's again, it's like the Terminator, it's man against the machine. But for right now, still at the moment, we're using, we're, they're still robots. Can they be used for good? They are going to be used for good. They're going to turn them onto genetics and, and, and very possibly within our lifetime, we're going to see the end of cancer and all sorts of things because we've unleashed this incredibly powerful robot. But as they say, you just have to make sure it doesn't get out of our hands. Once we lose the reins, we're, we're not good. So right now we have more op- actors, voice actors have more opportunities than they have ever had in the entire existence of voice acting in, a, a, at all. 
we have more opportunities than ever before, than anybody else before us. So it's up to us to take advantage of those opportunities, learn how to use these tools, not be afraid. Don't fall, don't fall prey to hearsay and, 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 and doom and gloom. Because doom and gloom, they're always the naysayers. Naysayers have existed from the beginning of time. They really I, have. And, and that's, that's, that's the other thing is don't give in to naysayers. There's always be somebody, there's always, always trolls out there. We learned that through social media. We learned that. I think yeah. that's why you, what you said earlier, and it's something that I am always um, reminding folks is that that's where the hustle comes in. People want to complain and, you know, <laughs> cry and I'm going to think, fine, go over there, sit in the corner and you do that. I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep doing what I do. <laughs> I'm going to keep hustling. I'm going to keep putting myself out there, keep marketing, keep auditioning. And yeah, th- just, you do, you have to block them off and they're, they're not, they're not your competition. They're, they don't impact your career. Let them go over there and have their little group cry. Well, I want to, I can't believe it. We we've done it. We're making it to an hour. I know we could go for another hour, Mark. You, you are a wealth of knowledge. We are so appreciative that you've joined us and you've shared. Pleasure. I actually put in the comments early on when I got into the voiceover business, you were my first workshop. So your marketing was working because you were my first that I signed up. I think it was with Deanna Cooney. And then maybe I was in one with Everett Oliver. Does that sound right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's the other thing. That's, that's the, the one thing that I've really, really enjoyed. Um, And, and that's, and that's a a collaborating uh, with, uh, with my colleagues and, and sharing that information. And, and, and I become one of the people who who who's joined the who joined the group of uh, more than uh, more than a teacher, I always say I'll throw in my two cents worth every penny. But but when I bring these people in, like uh, 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 Deanna and 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 Everett and and uh, uh, Dan Musselman and and I, I just worked with uh, with Melissa Disney on on mm-hmm. uh, on on uh, live announce and stuff like that. Um, that's the other thing is uh, over the years I've been reaching out to specific people who just blow me away and say, oh, I'd love to have a joint class with them. I'd love to, to, to collaborate with them and, 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 and learn something new because oh, that's yeah. what I'm all about learning something new, whether it's me learning something new or teaching somebody or, or letting, giving something, giving someone something new. Yeah. Something, something that you can learn today and apply tomorrow is what I is what I'm if you could distill it down to just one phrase that's basically what I'm all about learning something today that you can apply tomorrow and that's why I advocate for group classes and AB brought this up earlier is when you do those things just like you said like one-on-one coaching yeah I can learn from you but man when you're collaborating when you're in a group setting you're now learning from that's right Five, six, eight different people. And those people are learning from you, whether it is from maybe, maybe, I don't want to say, you know, maybe you didn't do the best read, or maybe you improved on that read, or maybe you had an experience and all of a sudden you're sharing this and and people are listening and yeah, you're all learning together. It's awesome. That's right. And you're not only learning what to do, but you're also learning what not to do. Yes. Yes. That is totally on point. Dual learning. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, okay, so this has been amazing. We will definitely have you back, Mark. We have more to talk about. Yes, but before you go, we like to ask our guests three for fun questions, kind of James Lipton style. Um, And our first one is, what singer, band, or composer are you enjoying right now? Goodness, do you listen to music? Oh yes, so absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I've been doing a, a a kind of revival uh, lately. Um, uh, it, it's so weird. Sometimes you'll you'll read something and then you'll you'll and then you'll see something else and 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 then that'll trigger something else. So um, uh, recently, I've been li- listening. Uh, it's crazy. Been listening to Cat Stevens. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and. And I, and I fell in love with his music when when I first heard him, only because he was just such a special songwriter. Uh, to me, he, his 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 all of his work was just so extraordinarily simple. Mm-hmm. He just seemed to to find that bullseye right in the center of concentric circles. And so I've just been listening, just been re-listening to him the other. Uh, 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 all the different things and and um and and he made you know as as you know he he had a career and then he became religious uh i and then just the other day it was interesting i heard uh they're doing a biography of chuck berry uh uh, 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 uh not chuck berry i'm sorry i'm sorry little richard oh, okay uh and it's going to be on cnn next time and not too many people know this but uh but uh, little richard became a born again christian and a, and 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 a minister and started instead of instead of singing rock and roll, and I loved his quote, "Rhythm and blues had a baby, and they named it rock and roll." That was just the best <laughs> quote ever. And, and uh, but he became a, a um, uh, he, he did um, gospel? religious gospel. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Did not know that. That's yeah. wild. So yeah. so it's interesting of uh, people who uh, they renounce their thing that they're doing almost as. This is what I was doing here as a performer was against That's God or evil yeah. or whatever the case would be. I was a, I was sinning and now I'm with God or something like that. And you go, wait, what? Because the, <laughs> of, of the incredible things that they created when they were artists. So that fascinates me, too. So I'm just re-listening to. Well, good. Yeah, that's so, a great question. Great question. Yeah. So here's our next one. Uh, do you listen to podcasts? And if you if you do, what podcast have you been listening to lately? I do not have time. I just don't have the time to listen to podcasts. I would love to, but it's it's like I don't have the time. I used to read a lot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't have the time for reading either. I just there's just I just have I've been busier than a termite in a log cabin. So I just I I. No, unfortunately, I don't have any podcasts that I've been listening to, but I would like to, but I just don't. All right, the last one. Sometimes this one's hard. Sometimes this one's easy. What is your favorite dessert? Oh, we've stumped him. (laughs) No, uh, no, it's it's not a stump because because I I have a sweet tooth. So uh, uh, chocolate uh, should have been my middle name. Uh, (laughs) And and. um, so, so, oh, uh, there's just um, 
my goodness, what's my favorite, favorite dessert? Uh, German chocolate cherry cake. Yes. It's with yes. these cherries and marinated cherries inside this German dark chocolate cake. It's called a it's Black just, Forest cake. Yes, Black Forest cake. That's exactly what it is. I Black know Forest it cake. well, it, and it's it delicious. so decadent. It's just ridiculous because it's got all the it's, you know, liqueurs in it and stuff like that. All right, no. so I, I've got before we go, I've got yep. a tip. I've got a, a, a tip for everyone, a vocal booth tip. We're ready. Okay. And this is gonna sound weird, but for everyone who has a pop screen filter, I want them to remove it. I want you you can use that pop screen filter as a fly swatter. In the old days, the pop screen filter was called a spit guard. They just named it a pop screen filter just to sexy it up. It was called a spit guard because studios, yeah, thank you, thank you, David. The spit guard, people would walk into, they'd go into a commercial studio and they say, I want to rent your studio, I want to rent your booth for, for a couple hours. Fine. Then they go into the booth and go, Bleh! into the microphone. And of course, the, the owners go, so put the spit guard there first. Some had a condom. Some had both condom and spit guard. And people then started seeing pictures of condoms and spit guards. And they said, oh, that's part of what we're supposed to do. But the bottom line is your microphone was when it was designed in a laboratory. They didn't design it with a spit guard. They didn't design it with a condom. They designed it to pick up your voice within this distance. Here's the rule of thumb, literally the rule of thumb, this distance right here, where your thumb is in your, your right here, and your pinky is where the diaphragm, just below the diaphragm of the microphone. If you have a microphone, I, right now I'm in, in my office, I'm not in my studio, but in my studio, I've got my microphone hanging down in front of my third eye, above the bridge of my nose, in front of my third eye, two inches from my forehead. That's the placement. So here is the alliterative phrase. Proper placement prevents plosives. I'll say it again. Proper placement prevents plosives. If you have your mic properly placed, Nevin. If you have your mic properly placed, David. You're going to have that microphone hanging down in front of your third eye right here two inches from your forehead, above the bridge of your nose, you will not need a condom, you will not need a spit guard, you will not need anything. And you'll be able to say, Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers. And you can have your phones on here, you will not hear any plosives because the diaphragm's up here. Your mic, your mic, your, your air is to here. Peter Piper picked a peck. Peter Piper picked a peck. Micro the diaphragm is up here in the barrel of your microphone. What if I have a shotgun mark what if I have a shotgun mic, Mark? What do I do then? Shotgun mic is like a pen, flashlight. So it's like a beam. Just imagine a beam of flashlight coming out of the end of the microphone, aiming right towards your mouth. Do you see this? You see the app? Okay, so it's still above the bridge of my nose. It's still aimed toward my mouth. Peter Piper, diaphragm is up here. Peter Piper picked a peck of pickle peppers. Even though... The 416 even gives you a condom. They give you a condom. Why do they give you a condom? They don't give you a condom to use inside. The condom was there for outside. 
The 416s were originally for outdoors. They had something called a windsock, a windsock to prevent the, to, so you wouldn't hear the air going around outside when they're doing a, when they're doing their scene. So that's what the condom is for, is for outside. The 416s were originally for outside. They were not for indoors. They just, one day somebody brought an outdoor mic indoors and said, hey, this sounds pretty good and, and used it. All right. Mark, so, all of our brains have just exploded. Just so you know, we've got a mess. We've got a mess to clean up because you've just blown our minds. I, that's my job. That Mark. is my job. That's my job. Twenty four seven is to make people's head explode. So you're wiping brain matter, scraping it <laughs> off off the the walls of your of your booth. You do not need a pop screen filter. It looks sexy as shit. Yes, it's, it's bullshit. <laughs> so Got turn it. your head to the side for us. Like, are you are you literally yeah, yeah. two inches from your forehead pointing that that yeah. shotgun mic down? Or no, we're still no. the six six inches away. Okay. Look, look, look. So, so, so there here. we go. Okay. Okay. All right. There we go. Here. Right. All right. Okay. Right. It's still this. This is literally the rule of thumb. It really is this. It's this. The bottom. This right here. It's this. Now you're going to. You're going to play with it a little bit and you're going to again put on your headphones and listen to those plosives. And the moment you hear too much plosive, you're just going to raise it just a little bit. Just, just again, get your, all that air away from that diaphragm. The diaphragm is there to pick up what you're saying. But the last thing you want to do is Peter Piper picked. Okay. And you're going right into the diaphragm and, and looking at the microphone, Peter Piper. No, you're just going to, Keep your eyes level, everything level, head level, and mic yourself wherever it is supposed to be. But again, right in here, right in this area, that's how they were designed. You don't need pop screen filter. And plus, now you've got line of sight. With that with that pop screen filter, you're doing... Yep. Mm-hmm. What yeah. about what about your gain? Does it, how how much is your gain impacted by you're, not you're you're going to you're gonna play with that. Okay. You're going to play okay. with that. You're going to place it here, and then you're going to you're going to record at different levels, and you're going to work on your and you're going to figure out your gain and and see where you're too hot or or if you're not hot enough, and you just and you just uh, play with it just a little bit. I but love it. We're, we're still only talking about this area right here. You don't need any condom or pop screen or anything. The mics were not designed with that in mind in the laboratory. You were designed to pick up your voice purely within uh, on on the condenser. That, well, they're all condensers, but the figure eight pattern that gives us a little uh, uh, that little leeway here to do this. Of course, when you're on this, the the shotgun, you don't have leeway. The moment you do this, you're off mic. Just imagine a beam of light coming out there. But just remember, you do not need them. You're going to see it. You're going to. I guarantee you're all going to uh, uh, putz with it today and, and experiment with it today, and you're going to realize, holy shit. I, 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 this, it did nothing. It did absolutely nothing. It was just something we saw and said we need it and we got it. And, and the pop screen filter makers are, they're doing this, but they hate me. They won't endorse me. Guys, we're all doing this. We'll meet back here next week. We'll drop in the chat how it went. I can't wait for the follow up. This is awesome. My favorite part was watching David. Uh, do his in real time. That was the best. He's like adjusting his as we go. That's it. That's exactly it. And 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 uh, and please let me know. 
Let me know, David. Yeah. Let me know, Nevin. Let me know, everybody. You know, uh, uh, and if you're having problems, let me know. Now, disclaimer: I am not a techie. I am not an engineer. I always say I know just enough to be dangerous. So, it, but 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 trust me, I, I guarantee you, just a little bit of futzing around, you don't need any of that stuff. You just don't need the condom. You don't need the pop screen. Use the microphone the way it was designed in the studio. Pure, pristine, perfect. These microphones are unbelievable compared to what we used to have. We have choices of anything. Remember Harry Potter, the wand matches the wizard, not the other way around. Love it. Thank you, Mark, so much. And thank you to everybody joining us live today. It's fun to see some old friends and some new friends. And be um, if you're listening to our podcast after the fact, be, feel free to join us on Zoom any Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific and 1 p.m. Eastern time. You can always get that link on our website or on our Facebook group. So also be sure to connect with us on LinkedIn and join the VO Booth Besties Facebook group. If you miss a live episode, you can always find it on the website, YouTube podcasts, or anywhere you find your favorite podcasts. Also, we would love it if you would hop on any platform and leave us a review. You guys, those reviews help us reach more listeners who are looking for great voiceover content. And don't forget to like and subscribe. Please ignore the little boy behind me. We don't, I saw we don't, nothing. We don't, we, we, we don't want to ignore him. He's He lives there. So it's, it, it, that's, <laughs> oh, that's, that's what good. you think. That's just, <laughs> <laughs> that's just, oh, he's the neighbor. neighbor. He's oh, the neighbor. He's neighbor. Oh, okay. No, well, he's my child. I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, listen, if anybody wants to get a hold of me, Mark, M-A-R-C, at CashmanCommercials.com. You can contact me anytime, leave me, uh, just to email awesome. me, and, uh, and I'll get back to you. And, um, and uh, questions, uh, comments, uh, anything. You guys, thank you so much for inviting me. This is you just are awesome. the best. The best You're group. awesome. Best group. Well, lastly, I'm just going to throw in here, join our newsletter um, if you haven't, because this is how you were trying to get more people like shifted over from this clubhouse mentality to Zoom. So make sure that you um, get on our newsletter. Just go to our website and shoot us a, an e- or shoot us a message with your email, and then you'll get the Zoom link, uh, not only for Thursdays, but also on Mondays. Nevin's here with us. Uh, we're hosting a one-hour accountability group. So just like Mark had mentioned, you know, one hour, one hour a day, well, this is your, you know, to get some, your to-dos checked off. This could be a chance you can choose to chat and meet with folks, or you can just show up and it be a reason that you commit to one hour and you get some of your stuff done. Um, accountability group, uh, and then, oh, and we may be offering an evening one. Nevin, do you want to pop on? Did we, did we confirm a time on that? Um, I have been chatting with Jessica. We're looking at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m., uh, Western. Okay. Pacific, whatever that is. <laughs> that, that, that other side with the ocean. Pacific. Yeah. Uh, perfect. So <laughs> next Thursday, we'll be joined by Angela Colville and Nancy German. And we're talking about mental health and mindset. These two um, have spoken at conferences. They are really a wealth of knowledge. Um, and so that will be really, really fascinating to get into. And that's it, guys. Thank you again, Mark. Thank you all for showing up. Have a My great pleasure. rest of the day. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to another episode of VO Booth Besties. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Well, pretty much anywhere they're playing podcasts. And follow us on Instagram and Facebook so we can keep the conversation going. VO Booth Besties. Yeah, it's a thing. thing.